0: Sometimes it feels we're inside out, and I've made some poor decisions lately. Yeah. It's coming in air quotes, infused with the scent of popery, of films we commit to memory. Crossing the felt roads, watching from home on my TV, looking at all. Tell me I do view that. obsessively. Hello, and welcome to The Obsessive Viewer, where a movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic, be it genre, trope, movie, or show each episode. You can find more of our work at obsessiveviewer.com and more podcasts presented by Obsessive Viewer at obsessiveviewer.com slash podcasts. And of course, our podcasts will always be free, but if you'd like to support what we do here, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer for regularly posted bonus content, exclusive TV and movie reviews and reactions, commentary tracks, and deep dives into Stephen King books and stories. Right now I'm doing a massive uh, Stephen King short fiction thing where I did six hours on Night Shift, his 1978 short fiction collection, and then now I'm doing Skeleton Crew. That's going to run about five or six hours as well. All that's at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. Um... Yeah, so I'm your host, Matt Hurt, and you can find me on social media and Letterboxed at Obsessive Viewer. And joining me today, making his first appearance on the show, my friend and colleague from the Indiana Film Journalists Association, Brent Luthold. Did I... How do I pronounce your last name? That's it. Nice. I got it. Okay. This same thing happened with Mitch when he was on the show. <laughs> like, I realized, like, I've never said your last name out loud. Um, yeah. So... Is his Lutheran.
1: Ringenberg or Ringenberg?
0: Ringenberg. Ringenberg, I think. Yeah. I've already forgotten. Good it you know. was more than ten <laughs> minutes ago. So <laughs> Mitch, if you're listening, we love you. Um, <laughs> we do. Yeah. So Brent, you are a uh, uh you, you are a podcaster yourself and a film critic in uh, an undisclosed location in northeastern Indiana. Um, (laughs) how are you doing this evening? And, uh, and yeah, how's it going?
1: It's going great. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for, for having me. This is awesome. Um, I, I do a little bit of podcasting. I Mm -hmm. I do a podcast called Awake in the Dark that I started, uh, in, in 2018. Um, I kind of just have a lot of audio equipment, recording Mm -hmm. equipment hanging around. Uh, (laughs) so the podcasting thing isn't necessarily, uh, wasn't, and maybe even still isn't super uh, natural to me. It's a pretty bare bones podcast, but I, I do really love doing it. Um, nice. I basically just have kind of friends and family on and they just come in in the studio. Um, I've, I've gone out of state a few times, but it's mainly just uh, people here in uh, nice. undisclosed northeast Indiana, as you yes. mentioned. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'll have people on um, it's been, it kind of varies. I'll, I'll do Mm -hmm. like once a month and then I I, really, what I started doing it, I really wanted to do twice a month, but uh, I know you do a lot more than that, but, uh, but it's,
0: (laughs) I try, uh,
1: (laughs) but it's, uh, but it's been a lot of fun, but, uh, yeah, I I joined, uh, the Indiana Film Journalists Association, uh, a few years ago as well. And, uh, it's been a ton of fun getting to know you guys and uh, you and, and everybody else. So, uh, so, yeah, I appreciate you having me on.
0: Oh, yeah, I appreciate you being on. And, uh, and yeah, I really like what your show, too. Like, I feel like you're underselling it a little bit, but it's, uh, it's a lot of fun when, when an episode pops up. And, uh, yeah, I almost Thank watched. You. Yeah, I almost watched in kind of preparation for this episode. Um, what was that movie that you and Aubrey reviewed? Voyeur's? Like last oh, the year, voyeurs? the voyeurs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause yep. I felt like that's a little bit similar to watcher. Um, <laughs> yes. but I never got around yes. to it. it. That was not a good movie, right?
1: It was okay. I mean, it's funny. We'll, we'll talk about watcher. You yeah. know, I know later on, but yeah, voyeurs is almost the super campy version of watcher. Okay. Um, where it's like, it's just very pulpy and mm. skin and maxi and like <laughs> bunch of twists and stuff. Um, nice. so yeah, not a great movie, but I mean, it's, if, if, if you're looking for that sort of a movie, it definitely, uh, delivers, but, uh, nice. but yeah, that it's, it's pretty much a, uh, rear window. It's actually more mm-hmm. like the Sturbia, I guess, okay. regardless. Uh, yeah, yeah that was one. I think we, we talked a little bit about at some point i think it was maybe last fall something like that
0: that sounds about right yeah um i don't know why it always just stuck out to me but i never got around to seeing it so <laughs> i might eventually
1: yeah, yeah that um, one's on uh yeah. that one's on amazon prime um yep. yeah i think it'd be like a little bit of a splash i think at the moment but yeah we pretty much just do on awake in the dark it's really just one movie um and we kind of just dive in deep i mean mm-hmm. so that is, is pretty similar to uh, obsessive viewer um usually kind of just kind of talk through it or you mm-hmm. know um experience with it and and all those sort of things and usually towards the end uh you know we'll talk about streaming stuff it's mm. it's it's mainly a movie podcast but i kind of as time went on when i was talking with people i was like i realized I'm like eh you know, especially if it's friends who maybe they don't see a lot of movies. It's like, Mm -hmm. well, what else have you been watching? You know, so then it kind of turns into like, oh, well, you know, I've been watching this season of this and this Mm -hmm. new miniseries is on and sort of that. So I kind of rolled it, rolled that into it too. And it also gave me kind of an outlet to talk about shows that, you know, I watch that I watch with Aubrey here and everything. And uh, because I don't write about those. I I also, Mm -hmm. my main thing is I, I write for, um, publication in undisclosed northeast indiana uh, called what's up (laughs) Mm -hmm. um i do weekly reviews there that are that are written it's a it's free magazine they're all online Mm -hmm. as well um so anyway that the the podcast is kind of fun for that too and it's it's just different format and all that so
0: yeah well i hope you do more because i love podcasting and i really enjoy uh your your work in the podcast realm and writing as well so yeah thank you yeah i appreciate that and again you can find Brent's work at awakenthedark.com and uh, where can we find you on social media?
1: So it's I should have just like all at once done like <laughs> just all of these sites but like I basically it's on Facebook I'm awaken the dark reviews on mm. Twitter I'm ai td reviews because i couldn't get even <laughs> awake. In the... i think awake in the dark reviews was like too long of a twitter oh handle. that some sounds kind of right weird stupid <laughs> thing um but uh if you go to awaken the dark.com mm-hmm. that's uh will kind of get you everywhere i'm also on yes. letterboxd as well mm-hmm. and i think i'm checking now letterboxd is just awake in the dark mm-hmm. so Technically, all my social handles are different, (laughs) (laughs) but if you go to AwakeInTheDark.com, it's it's kind of all there. That has my written reviews, um, the podcasts, and it also has contributions I do, uh, I write to um, on Midwest Film General, Mm -hmm. uh, which I've been doing more recently over Mm -hmm. the past couple of years.
0: Nice. Awesome. Um, Yeah, I kind of ran into a similar sort of thing in terms of social media and everything when I started Obsessive Viewer because... For whatever reason, I um, like I made the Facebook page The Obsessive Viewer, and the URL is obsessiveviewer.com. The social media is Obsessive Viewer across the board, but Facebook is THE Obsessive Viewer. I can't get rid of the THE, and it drives me a little bit THE insane. So Yeah, I
1: think yeah. for personal pages, you can change it, but I mm-hmm. think for, for like you know capital p pages you can't (laughs) yeah i think and if
0: they've changed that i'm i will be in this anxiety filled thing where it's like well okay i also have 370 episodes of a podcast where i say facebook.com slash the (laughs) obsessive viewer so
1: you you just have to censor the the part on all all 300 (laughs) some episodes exactly
0: (laughs) oh yeah So, uh, okay, well, thank you so much for joining me, Brent, and today, dear listeners, we are going to be talking about two movies uh, that are currently in theaters by the time you're listening to this. Top Gun Maverick obviously has been in theaters and uh, releasing this weekend in, I believe, 500 theaters. Um, from IFC Films is Watcher, which also will be streaming exclusively on Shuttle sh- on Shuttle, on Shutter on August 26th uh, so we're going to review both of these movies check the time stamps and the show notes for everything we'll do a non-spoiler and spoiler review but Brent, I want to ask you when we as we dive into this episode, um we're going to start with Top Gun Maverick and before we get into the actual review and everything, what's your history with the Top Gun franchise?
1: Top Gun is apparently the first Top Gun was apparently a movie I watched all the time as <laughs> a kid. Oh really? Um I which is odd and by <laughs> I, well I, I let me uh, I'll say that when I say kid like Mm -hmm. really young like three and four years old like maybe shouldn't have even been watching it young (laughs) sure um but apparently i uh just watched it a lot and i I think apparently when uh goose died sorry that's just Mm -hmm. we have to yeah it's not even a spoiler (laughs) anymore sorry it's uh right uh you have to go into traffic knowing that anyway Mm -hmm. um apparently i did (laughs) that was like emotional for me oh really Um, apparently uh-huh. I, I again it's it, it's funny though like it's a movie i had to rewatch a little bit later mm-hmm. in life and i mean a lot of it just i, I didn't even remember it so again, oh, i was just yeah. probably way too young to even process it but uh, regardless yeah. it's it's a movie that uh is is probably was probably imprinted on me before i even realized it <laughs> so uh right so i having said that i uh i'm not like a Crazy Top Gun fanatic or anything? It's sure. a, a movie I certainly a movie I enjoy, and uh, it, it has its own place in in, in the zeitgeist. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's almost it's one of those kind of classic movies to me that kind of transcends like the good or bad labels. Yeah, it just is like it's, everyone knows Top Gun. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely, and it's fairly. I mean, I guess I don't know if I would say campy per se, but it's very much. I don't know. I'll say this. I saw it when I was in high school, I think. That was the first time I saw Top Gun. Honestly, did not leave any impression on me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was just like, okay, that was a movie I saw. Cool, fine. And then I think I had seen it maybe once once again after that, but then... I had watched it in preparation for Maverick, and to be honest, I I really had no interest in Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> I was mm, just yeah. like, okay, I mean, sure. 30-some years after Top Gun, I don't really care about Top Gun or anything. And then I figured, like, after all the buzz was kind of drumming up over Top Gun Maverick, I was like, okay, well, I guess I got to see this. <laughs> and yeah. then I I... I rewatched it so here's like the anecdote of my experiencing Top Gun Maverick cuz I I saw it on Tuesday. Yes, Tuesday night and I I basically that morning I woke up at like 3:45 and could not fall back asleep for just oh, just man. yeah, it was horrible. And then like I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm up. So I got up, I went to work, worked the whole day came home and I was like the the only time I could really make time to go see Top Gun Maverick was at 9:15 p.m. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, so I've got some hours to kill. Um uh, I'll go ahead and just rewatch Top Gun just as a refresher and I rewatched Top Gun still didn't leave that much of an impression on me. <laughs> it's yeah, like it's yeah. fine. And right. then and then I went to see Top Gun Maverick at like 9:15 and then I'm like, by all accounts, I should have been exhausted. I should have been fighting sleep. I should have been fighting to hold my attention. Like I should have been doing that whole dance in the theater where I'm like nodding off. But mm-hmm. my eyes were glued to the freaking screen the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which That's we'll an endorsement. talk about there that. Oh, yeah. I was just like, I came out of the theater. I was like, oh, my God. Okay, cool.
1: Yeah. All right top gun maverick's awesome top gun maverick you don't have to sleep for 16 hours before exactly (laughs) you can be awake for 16 hours yes exactly
0: (laughs) um so yeah so let's dive into our review of top gun maverick then are are you are you ready to go
1: yes i certainly am um yeah this is one that i i was fortunate to see a little earlier than i tend to get to see movies i Mm -hmm. saw this on tuesday the 24th so that's basically three days before the um you know the regular opening mm-hmm. i believe right, you know our critic friends in, mm-hmm. in indie they have the screening i think on the day before that it's so like me only yeah. seeing it a day after them is like i'm doing great nice. <laughs> like, i'm happy with that <laughs> yeah. um that's uh, yeah, I, I saw it yeah. at a uh, one of the amc's quote-unquote early access screen yes we did get uh, an imax um version nice. of it which is great mm-hmm. um because sometimes the early access it's like you get one time and you have to be there yep. and you know, it's it's like kind of like a uh, critic screen, really. Yep. Screening really. But, uh, but it was a full theater. Um, nice. And uh, you know, they don't advertise them super well. AMC mm-hmm. doesn't. So you kind of don't know, like if people are going to be at the early access screenings, I've been to yeah. some that are like, and of course it depends on the movie and the timing sure. like what you know if it's an afternoon one some, i've been like lego movie two and mm-hmm. it's like eh, it was like half full you know yeah. or whatever because they had it at like you know 3 p.m mm-hmm. but this was one like I, the word had kind of gotten out oh, and yeah. everything so uh so that, that's <laughs> definitely that was cool but um nice but yeah i uh i had a blast with it i was kind of like you i, I wasn't so as even as much as i've seen i saw top gun when i was a kid or whatever um mm. I, I, you know, this was one that got delayed a few times. This was obviously like one yeah. of the kind of bigger victims of COVID and the pandemic mm-hmm. and everything. They had the whole, um, you know, Tom Cruise rant that was leaked or you yeah. know, maybe intentionally leaked or who knows. Was that for um, this or
0: for mission impossible?
1: It was for top gun Maverick. I believe. Oh, okay. But, but they must've been shooting them relatively close yeah. to one another. Um, but, uh, you know, so there was that kind of that whole saga. I mean, it, it had just been one of those, and of course, you know, Tom Cruise, you know, he, he did not want this to go to streaming. Mm-hmm. At that point, I mean, Paramount Plus has really risen in the past couple of years, but yeah, that, when they were originally intention, uh, intending on releasing this movie, Paramount didn't really even have that big of a streaming platform to even release it on. Oh, right. They do now, but it's not going to happen because... Mm-hmm. Tom Cruise wanted Tom Cruise. It to play in theaters <laughs> uh, because Tom Cruise. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so Anyway, regardless, you know, it, it makes sense. And I, I think anyone who sees this will understand. And I think people who don't see it will understand. I mean, this is absolutely a, a movie that, um, that needs the big screen, deserves the big screen, um, sound too, yeah, you know, definitely. Um, oh yeah. Really, really kicks in. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't have necessarily super high expectations. I, you know, I legacy sequels are not always really my thing. Yeah. I kind of hit or miss with them. Um, But I think this is one that really does it right. I mm-hmm. think in certain ways that I'm sure we'll talk about certain kind of hallmarks of what these movies do in terms of, you know, kind of bringing you back and yet introducing, hopefully new, hopefully introducing new stuff. Yeah. And, uh, so I, I think it's good on that level and, um, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a great time with the movies. So nice.
0: Yeah. And so you did get to see it in IMAX then, right?
1: Yeah. yeah okay. I saw it. Yeah. In, uh, nice. in IMAX, full crowd and nice. got to see it early. I mean, you know, it Sweet. Really kind of a trifecta, I guess. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I saw it in Dolby and I don't know. I like, I kind of get, I think it comes down to the seats really. Cause like hmm. IMAX is probably the better version to see it in because it's just so massive and everything. But yeah. the IMAX seats in in AMC theaters are just the old fashioned seats. And I'm, I've am i been spoiled. My ass has been spoiled by the reclining seats.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so Dolby has kind of been my go-to. And I really like it obviously accentuated the sound and everything. So it was just a really kick-ass experience in Dolby. But it's a movie that I might go back and see in um, IMAX uh, just just to see it in the theater again. Um Just because it was just so, so awesome. Um, Yeah. And we can get into the actual nitty gritty of it. Um, I do want to read the uh, plot summary that's on IMDb. That's just, it's like, this is one of the more bizarre kind of plot summaries on IMDb that I've seen for a movie. (laughs) Um, Here we go. After more than 30 years of service as one of the Navy's top aviators, Pete Mitchell is where he belongs, pushing the envelope as a courageous test pilot and dodging the advancement in rank that would ground him. And that's it. That's <laughs> all the plot summary on IMDb. Uh, um, wow. They weird. don't
1: even say that his nickname is, or his call sign is Maverick. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I mean, I know it's in the title of the yeah. movie, but it would be good to connect <laughs> those dots and the Yeah,
0: summary. yeah. <laughs> But, uh, but so one of the, let, let's get into it. So, and we're not going to spoil it until we go into our spoiler section, of course, and we'll play a clip from the trailer when we do that, but check the show notes if you want to skip around all that stuff. But the thing that immediately just kind of blew me away is the fact that the, the story is so, so much more, it's, it's so much more engaging than the first movie. The first movie is this competitive ego kind of thing with this competition to be Top Gun and everything. And then right from really the beginning of Maverick, you realize like, oh, he's being brought back to train pilots specifically for a mission that is specifically like extraordinarily difficult and dangerous. And like just the stakes alone are super high and really like that tension really kind of, permeates through the whole movie and kept me awake. So that was great. Um, so there you go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. And yeah, stakes is a, is a great word. I mean, you're right mm-hmm. that the, the narrative really, it sets up those stakes. I mean, it, it pays it off. I, I would mm-hmm. say comparatively the first Top Gun is, you know, is iconic or good or however, whatever you want to say for that movie. Sure. I mean, comparatively, there almost isn't a plot in that no. movie compared oh, no. to Top Gun Maverick. Because yeah, this is a movie that, Sets up situations and characters in a way that the first Top Gun feels like it doesn't need to. No, or Tony Scott just felt like he was like, you know, you got good looking actors and you got yeah. you, know, you got the the scenes and you got the sunsets and yeah, kind of good. Again, not slagging on Tony <laughs> Scott or that movie, right. but it, but again, comparatively, it's yeah, this is a, a tighter run ship in terms of you know, the story.
0: Absolutely. And one of the big parts of it that I also really enjoyed was the new characters, the obviously the fresh crop of pilots. I thought that they were phenomenal. I think that Glenn Powell has been getting a lot of um, not buzz, really, but like he's been getting a lot of like people have people have celebrated his, his acting in this movie. And I like I am uh, as the, as the as Gen Z says, I'm here for it. Um, I loved <laughs> I loved his uh, his performance in this movie I thought it was that perfect kind of blend of just cocky pilot but also well really just cocky pilot <laughs> for the most part right And has that competitive angle of like Iceman and Maverick of the first movie but a little bit different it's just it was it was really great How, what did you think of Glenn Powell and the new cast including Miles Teller who was awesome.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that, that Glenn Powell's yeah, hangman character, I think there there definitely are some parallels to Iceman that I kind of felt. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know that he necessarily is. He's not like a dead ringer for Val Kilmer or anything, but there's mm-hmm. certain things just about not even necessarily his looks, but just his persona, obviously. He's, he's very, yeah. uh, very cocky, very sure of himself. Um, you know, in the first scene, he's. You know playing billiards and he's doing all the you know behind the back stuff and mm. you know the you know he's uh you know basically teaching everyone else to play billiards even though they didn't ask him to do that <laughs> yep. um you know so so yeah he was great he had a great presence i just mm. realized uh he was in very 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 briefly he was mm. in um, Apollo ten and a half, the Richard Linklater. Oh, really? Um, very briefly, him and uh, Zachary either Levy or Levi. I, I still mm. don't know how to say his last name. They're yeah. basically NASA officials that recruit. Um, you know who who is whoever the kid is who essentially is playing Richard Linklater when he's right. a kid. Um, but he's in it pretty briefly. So I didn't even realize nice. that. And he's, he was in, uh, like everybody wants some, he's been in like mm. some, another link movie. He's been yeah. in some movies, but this is definitely the biggest stage that he, he's had to perform on so far. And, uh, yeah, I think he did a great job. Oh, um, Absolutely. Yeah Miles Teller was uh was solid. I think mm-hmm. can we reveal the thing about his character or is that spoiler? I yeah, would I'm,
0: say yes. We can go ahead and yeah, yeah, we can we can go ahead and reveal uh who he is.
1: Uh, yeah, so I yeah. won't say anything I mean we can talk more about it in mm-hmm. spoilers, but it, I mean it's just generally we're we're let in early on that yeah. he is uh Goose's son. Mhm. And with the call
0: sign rooster, which I think is very charming.
1: (laughs) Rooster. Yeah. I, I did like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and yet he's not, and yet he's not the cockiest one. No, I think that's sort of, sort of interesting. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's, I, I thought he was great as well. Um, I I think it's, I think it's the kind of casts that I I could see them doing a, a, doing a spinoff. I mean, I really, could, especially if it's, you know, done this way with, Mm -hmm the realistic test fighting. I mean, the crazy thing is, I mean, you, you almost, I mean, if you're Miles Teller or Glenn Powell or these other actors, you're like, I did all this training for this movie. Like I have <laughs> probably, they have a bunch of licenses to whatever, fly mm. all these F 18s or whatever they're flying. You're probably almost like, I want to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Let's franchise this for sure. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, and yeah. it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me um, mm. if they do, but, and, and, it, and if they do, um, uh, I, I I would at this point I, before I would have been like, ah, like, I don't want to see that. That's that's not going to be good. Yeah. Now I'd be like, yeah, I'll see it.
0: Yeah. Oh, so. absolutely. Oh, yeah. And um, and yeah, in just the again, the fact that they really seem to take care of the story in this in this installment, like it's night and day from the first movie for me. It It's yeah, just I would agree. It's just insane, cause and I had this thought like while the movie was playing, I was like, wait, so they're they're training to participate to to be the best so that they can participate in this insanely difficult mission that they may like. It is more likely that they not everyone is going to survive. <laughs> um, right. Whereas in the first movie, it's like, oh, they're. Competing
1: to be Top Gun, <laughs> like it just seems like they're dogfighting with yeah. like um, um. I'm sorry. Is it is it MIGs? M M I G MIGs. Yeah, yeah. Which are i I'm. There's a bunch of acronyms I probably could have looked up before <laughs> yeah. this, but regardless, you know, they're 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 dogfighting with these, you know, sort of anonymous fighter jets, and yeah. and it's cool, and, and there is a certain amount of anonymity, which we'll talk about with. Maverick as well in terms of mm-hmm. who the enemy is and all of that but yeah yeah. regardless again yeah it's just this sort of free floating you know Iceman saying mm-hmm. like you're never going to beat me and Maverick's like just you wait like I mean yeah. that is re- essentially what that movie comes down oh, to oh absolutely oh yeah Um, so you know with some tragedy <laughs> peppered in and yeah um, but it's it's mainly a lot of sweaty dudes yeah. staring each other down I oh, mean yeah. it's, it's what a lot of that movie is mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I, I was like, like you, I was surprised even just in the first like 15 minutes, I was, I was just kind of almost shocked. Like, like, oh yeah, this, this is going to be not just the cash in, not just a, yeah. you know, getting people be in the seats because of the IP mm-hmm. it's no, we're actually going to do this. And I was actually surprised a little bit too. Cause I rewatched the first one as well. And, mm-hmm. uh, the i think the evening before um basically last monday 23rd or whatever and uh you know of course was taken as i am every time I'm watching it with just how impressively um homoerotic it is throughout <laughs> i mean yeah. every it's like this i mean it's i mean just you can say about movies you know every time you watch it you you kind of see something different i spot something that is so it, it just had to be intentionally gay in not even the subtext just the actual text in that movie um it's like something new every time so that has to be said Mm -hmm. um but i would say i mean again yeah the the story is just not as much there but i will say that um it kind of actually sets up a sequel like i don't know if they knew back then like in 86 like that they wanted to set it up. And I know there are probably a lot of reasons it took so long, mm-hmm. you know, 36 years or whatever it was to, to, uh, to finally do it. Um, but they mentioned multiple times about Maverick coming back and being an instructor. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. It's so, so much so that they have to kind of retcon it a little bit in this yes, movie. Cause he's like, you're oh, right. Yeah. I tried that for a few months and I washed out. So no,
1: that's right. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. You're right. They did have that. They did have a couple lines about that. So yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, and what's intre- another thing that's really interesting to me is the the whole goose angle. Um it, it's no secret that he dies in the first movie, obviously. Mm-hmm. And when rewatching it, like I was just so unaffected by it. Like I was just so, yeah, I was like- You
1: heartless person. I
0: know. I, at, at four years old, <laughs> I,
1: I was more- uh...
0: <laughs> Well, I remember, I think when I was like four years old, I think I, I know. I definitely remember that I cried like bald tears for, oh, I can't remember who all was in it, but the movie Radio Flyer? Oh okay. Yeah, I yeah. I don't remember much of anything about it. I just remember crying my eyes out and like my family yeah. be like what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> but so no shame there. But when I rewatched Top Gun, like I I I just I knew it was coming obviously and I just wasn't engaged mm-hmm. with the movie. But then when it happened, I'm like oh, okay, yeah, that's fine. And then it just seemed like I think my major sticking point was that The entire, the, the after effects of that are that Maverick loses his confidence and he needs to regain his confidence. That's his big arc for it. And it just felt like, okay, this big tragic event happens. We're going to play some sad music. We're going to have montages and stuff. And then we got to go to Maverick gets his groove back mode. (laughs) (laughs) And it just didn't really seem to really resonate in any like significant way for me. And then... Top Gun Maverick makes it such a pivotal point of the movie naturally and like the kind of ebb and flow of Miles Teller's performance in relation to his dad and uh, Tom Cruise kind of having this surrogate father kind of protective nature of rooster. I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, my God, this is this is clicking together in so many more ways than the first movie ever could for me. And I was just so Mm -hmm. impressed by it
1: yeah yeah absolutely yeah. and i mean that's so yeah i agree with that and uh, uh, something that this movie sets up to me really early on is i mean really just the danger of it i mean the the danger zone of it but like really the threat of death i mean <laughs> mm-hmm. when Cruz is training them i mean he says multiple times like you know if you think for a minute up there you're dead and mm-hmm. it's not just like you know tom cruise being you know his very kind of like very kind of clipped speech and everything yep. it's like it's like <laughs> no this is really really serious and he's right and, and to the extent that yeah I was i mean again I'm not spoiling anything but just mm-hmm. saying like I really did not know who was gonna make it on the ground by but the end of this same and here I mean, oh, a, yeah. and and that's any of the characters included mm-hmm. and again I'm not spoiling anything but just to say that um i would say in the first top gun i mean maybe even if you i don't know i can't say for if, if you saw it in 86 but i think if even if you were watching it for the first time mm-hmm. i don't know i don't think that that real kind of uh I, I don't think that kind of specter of death almost is in that movie as much as, right. as it is in this one
0: oh absolutely oh yeah because i mean like i think one of the first lines Cruz says when when he's given like the briefing of the mission is like yeah not everyone's coming back from this (laughs) like someone's yeah and well and he says that
1: multiple times I Mm -hmm. mean he says this is not a mission I mean he says stuff like that and yeah so again I mean you you kind of mentioned stakes I mean it does it it immediately is like oh what we know about Maverick is that Mm -hmm. you know he's the best or second best you know he Mm -hmm. a nice man can debate about that all they want but you know it's you know it's like if well if he's saying that then we we kind of as the audience have to take it seriously. So absolutely. So it's it's a it's a really good really good way to kind of you know insert that kind of threat kind of early and often I feel like. Mm
0: -hmm. Oh absolutely. And it just it is that the timetable aspect of it and it's there's so much going on in so little time that it just really feels like that it feels like that roller coaster climb up the up the incline and then when we get to the climax of it it's just incredibly thrilling. It's it's fantastic. Um
1: yeah, the the last act of this movie, I mean, especially is 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 really something. And that's oh, not yeah. to say anything, you know, that the you know, preceding two acts are not good or anything. It's right. just that that stretch especially um is is really quite an intense and i mean it's tough to say it's it's pretty much most of the mission and kind of how it plays out but uh yeah i mean it's 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 what you came for and it it delivers i mean that's 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 what you want
0: oh yeah oh yeah so let's kind of just transition over into spoilers if you're ready yeah. Um, and I'm going to play a clip from the trailer, but before we do that, do you want to kind of give an overall like rating for the movie? Is it going to make like your top 10 list? How, how is that going to factor in end of year considerations? Uh,
1: yeah. Right, right now I'm a, like a four out of five. Yes. Um, I'll just say just really quickly. And we we talk mm-hmm. about this more thoroughly, I would say the music, um, I would say the soundtrack just, it, it's hard to beat 86, oh, the, you yeah. know? danger zone of course the, the kenny logan stuff um and uh take my breath away of course mm-hmm. lady gaga is kind of doing her own uh, take my breath away she does yeah. a song called hold my hand which is kind of this big ballad it's okay mm-hmm. um the music's not as good um but other than that yeah it, it's it's really quite thrilling at this point i mean it's it's in my top 10 of the year so far mm-hmm. but it's, it's a relatively uh young year but having said that um it'll definitely be i usually do about a top 25 or 30 and Mm. i'm almost positive it'll be in there nice awesome
0: yeah i've got it i think at four stars now and uh i could see it breaking my top 10 for sure um or breaking mock 10 uh, there as you it go. were. Um, so, all right, we are going to go into spoilers for Top Gun Maverick. So, if you want to skip over spoilers and go to our Watcher review, check out the timestamps in the show notes, or just, you know, whatever. Um, we're going to be spoiling Top Gun Maverick when we come back from the trailer.
1: What do we have here? Yeah, here I thought we were special.
0: Fellas, this here's Bagman. Hangman. Oh, whatever. What the hell kind of mission is this? <laughs> Is The best there is who the hell are they gonna get to teach us? Captain Pete Maverick Mitchell Let me be perfectly blunt. You are not my first choice. You were here at the request of Admiral Kazanski Aka Iceman. He seems to think that you have something left to offer the Navy. What that is I can't imagine. So spoilers on for Top Gun, Top Gun, Top Gun Maverick. Um, we're going to be spoiling the movie. Brent, where would you like to begin with spoilers?
1: Um, I don't know. This this is necessarily a spoiler, but kind of one by because it happens pretty early on. But you had mentioned mm-hmm. Mach Ten yeah. uh, before yeah. the before the uh, trailer bit. Um, that was such a terrific sequence. Oh I God, really yes. love that to to set it up. Um, so basically, you know, Maverick is supposed to be doing this uh this this uh test run of this Black Star um supersonic jet basically it's supposed mm-hmm. to go to Mach Tie and Mach 9 and I think it gets canceled and Ed Harris is the admiral who's mm-hmm. who's overseeing that and he says, Well, you know, and he said they were supposed to go to Mach 10 or something. Regardless, he is to go to at least Mach nine. He's supposed to go to Mach ten. Kind of all this stuff, and yeah. of course, it's you know he just kind of keeps pushing things further and further. Mm-hmm. But uh, of course, it's just a great scene and such a great way to reintroduce us to this character and mm-hmm. re- you know, or as a reminder of like, oh yeah, this is the guy that just keeps pushing and pushing and yep. like will be insubordinate and will go past all reason, you know, even just to um, you know make history or yep. go, go really fast in an airplane. Um, so, so that was great for that reason, but also visually at a certain point, it kind of recalls there's these that like kind of blurring in lines. And I would mentioned yeah. my review totally reminded me of the Jupiter and beyond the infinite sequence from yep. 2001, a space odyssey, Absolutely. um, which Tom Cruise, um, the Oscars after nine 11, which would have been 2002, some, January or February whenever they had them mm-hmm. he did the opening speech and he oh. had mentioned you know I mean he is like a you know I, I, I joked in our message I'm going off on a tangent mm-hmm. but I joke in our, our um uh, chat that we have mm-hmm. that uh, I personally cope with the upsetting fact that Tom Cruise is a Scientologist <laughs> by telling myself that his true religion is cinema mm-hmm. and his church <laughs> is the theater Yep. Um, and that was kind of what his speech was about. You know, wow. like, can, you know, what do we do as entertainers? You know, mm-hmm. does it matter anymore and those sort of things. And it was such a perfect, Cameron Crowe wrote that speech. other oh, speech nice. that, that Tom Cruise gave. But in that speech, he had mentioned 2001 A Space Odyssey. And oh, And he saw nice. it when he was a kid. And he said, I knew I wanted to be an astronaut. And <laughs> that sort of, those two things, visual, the visual of that Black Star sequence in, in Maverick, and then him saying that kind of came together to me. And I'm like, He's just the guy who never gave up on his dreams. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's what he is. So and, awesome. You know, um, so so Man. all that to me was uh was really great. Mm-hmm. And uh and then the scene right after with Ed Harris is, you know, like mm-hmm. the end is inevitable and talking about drone tech and um you know, and he, yeah. raging against the dying of the light and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh it's it's just a really I mean, as you mentioned, it, it just immediately out the gate, it's just like Okay so they're actually like they're going to do characters and yeah. like dialogue quite frankly that i mean means something. I feel like I'm slagging yeah. on the original Top Gun too much but I mean that's eh. kind of when it's up to this kind of level of crafts mm-hmm. at you know from dialogue to direction and all those sort of things you, you kind of have to say it.
0: <laughs> oh absolutely. And and Top Gun the first one like I said it's fine. It's it's fine but this really is a whole nother level. And I found it really interesting too, that like, in addition to it just being almost a completely different beast, it also just pays so much homage to the first one. Um, yeah. Even like the opening sequence is like, is, is it starts with that exact same opening thing, uh, the title card thing, um, which when I rewatched the first Top Gun, uh, I had no, like one of my favorite video game franchises is Mass Effect. I had no idea that Mass Effect's like opening, they, like, I don't know if you've played it, but like the opening mm-hmm. of Mass Effect is, is a riff on that opening of Top Gun, like the oh, okay. the title thing. And it's like exactly like uh, the Mass Effect things has like the, the um, it was the biggest achievement or biggest discovery in human history. This the... Species of the galaxy, call it, uh, call it, and then Mass Effect. And it's the exact mm. same as Top Gun. But anyway, right. <laughs> um, so they redo that in this one. And then even the opening credits with the, with the, uh, with the aircraft carrier footage is very Tony Scott, very much in, in, in line with that. And I just love the way that it, it does pay that homage, but holy crap. <laughs> Everything else is just so, so, uh, such a jump forward um and everything and i between like this movie and the mission impossible franchise and the mission impossible dead reckoning part 1 trailer <laughs> um, right i i don't know if there is someone who is more committed to blockbuster filmmaking than tom cruise and it shows so much it's 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 really kind of astounding
1: uh yeah i i would agree with that he um he's kind of carrying it on his shoulders i mean Mm. you know i i you know would have said maybe christopher nolan i mean Mm. i think he's still definitely i mean Tenant had a messy sort of release and mm-hmm. I mean kind of you know he had a falling out with WB so we'll see what yeah. happens with with Oppenheimer and Universal mm-hmm. I, I'm excited for Oppenheimer but mm-hmm. regardless uh yeah it yeah Tom Cruise is I mean it, it's like his mission to save the movies I mean yeah. he literally. I mean oh, yeah. people have talked about it a lot but I mean it literally is like and it's kind of what I said like he he kind of does he's sort of manifest certain things in a way. I'm not going to get too new agey here at all, but it's sure. uh, it's just interesting that it is like all of these circumstances kind of lined up where Maverick is. I mean, it's, it has the widest, I believe it's opening on more screens than any other film in the States ever has. Oh, nice. Um, I think it's about 4,700 theaters Jeez. typically when a, a wide release, I think is usually about 4,000 to uh, maybe pushing, hmm. you know, up uh, past 4,000. Um, this is i think 46 i don't know the exact number 46 or 4700 uh the theaters um which is insane i mean that would be insane even pre-pandemic
0: yeah even oh, like
1: yeah. post-pandemic like it's just it would be an incredible stat either way yeah um but uh you know we could talk about the box office and oh, then yeah a plus cinema score which is um
0: uh, incredible <laughs> very
1: yeah i mean which is like pretty much unheard of i mean yeah. there are movies that get A's pretty frequently, mm-hmm. or frequently but uh yeah a plus is like literally no one had anything bad to say about it, right so, yeah uh it's it's incredible it's incredible um you had mentioned uh, that uh, you yeah, have the credit sequence too i was almost mm-hmm. a little worried it was so close i was almost oh, a little yeah. worried because i was like i was like i get it like you're trying to get recapture the vibe and mm-hmm. everything but i was like and they cute dangers see that's so yeah, yeah and I kind, of, I kind of mentioned like that's where i wanted a new danger zone oh, and by yeah. that i mean not like kenny loggins re-recording it or anything mm-hmm. not even kenny loggins doing a new cast i want the yeah. kenny loggins of 2022 whoever that is sure you know i want that's where i wanted a new song and that, mm-hmm. that's where i was a little disappointed where it's like you know again lady gaga has um hold my hand and that mm. that to me is almost the take my breath away yeah um surrogate here where it's more the ballad and it's fun i don't really even think it's that great of a song but regardless i understand the effect of it and what they're trying to do sure this needed like the kick-ass anthem that's what it missed for me i i would have really liked to have seen something that was balls to the wall i mean even if it's like you know man i shouldn't say this like imagine (laughs) dragons like i don't like them but i'm just saying like even if it's like a I don't know, even if it's a, a band that I wouldn't necessarily like, I would mm-hmm. I'd maybe at least appreciate it for what they were trying to do with it in this yeah. movie. Um, so yeah, I, I hate to yeah. throw out too many other names of fan. 21 right. pilots would have worked. That yeah. You know, I, worked I was going
0: to, I was going to, I was going to suggest plain white tees. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> hey
1: there. Yeah. 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 I mean, just because, because again, I think like the Lady Gaga stuff, and they do a good job with weaving her song into the score, mm-hmm. which they did with um, Berlin with Berlin with Take My Breath Away. They did yeah. that. Um, that's what um, Feldman did with the score in the original. Mm-hmm. So I like that they did that. Again, yeah. I just wanted more of the, you know, America, f yeah, like yeah. that anthem. That's what I was missing. Yeah, <laughs> new version of
0: that. I totally so. get that. The little hints of Danger Zone, and when they. Did they 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 go full danger zone in it yeah in the credits yep. yeah um that's still I, I think that that was still effective for me so I didn't really mm. yeah but but yeah it would have been nice to have something something new in that realm too um something that I wish Facebook hadn't spoiled for me um in the opening credits like I in another universe I would have been like oh shit uh Val Kilmer um mm. after having seen. Uh, Val, the documentary last year on Amazon Prime, um, mm-hmm. I just kind of figured, you know, he's done acting and everything. And they did a thing, I didn't read the article, but they did a thing where they recreated his voice for, for his scene with, with Tom Cruise. And mm-hmm. like, it just filled me with a lot of nostalgia and like fondness for that because it really felt like a palpable kind of like send-off to Iceman in uh kind of not really tribute to Val Kilmer but just a nice thing for Val Kilmer I don't know how did you feel about his uh involvement in the movie
1: yeah I I knew that he was going to be in it um they Mm -hmm. they they tease it kind of in the you know the trailer as well they show uh, a a photo of him and you know John Hamm's character says that you know you're on his recommendation yeah um so I knew he was going to be in it to a certain degree. I think they do a, yeah. a, a kind of a classy job, I guess I would say, of yeah. how they do it because he's texting with him yeah. a few times, I think, and that's kind of the prelude. And I think somehow you know that, I think it has his name, like Iceman or something. Yeah. Or Ice, I think Ice. is what it is. Yeah. And you, you, you know that he's texting with him. Mm-hmm. and so and i saw val as well I, that's a wonderful documentary for those yeah. who haven't seen it even if you're not necessarily interested in val camera i'd really mm-hmm. recommend checking it out but regardless totally. you know i knew that you know that was going to be an obstacle somehow that the, yeah the movie was going to have to figure out so i but i i like the texting and it almost seemed like they actually got his text cadence right like what i would imagine yeah. an older iceman would text like I don't oh, know if yeah. that's, it kind of sounds strange, but when you see the movie, like <laughs> it is sort of that, like very definitive mm-hmm. short statements. Yeah. And it, again, it's, it's what I imagine their relationship would be like through text, oh, like yeah. through these, you know, however old they'd be mid fifties or early sixties, whatever, yeah. how these guys would still, you know, to whatever relationship they still have. Mm-hmm. So I like that. And then yeah, the other big scene that they have uh, with him where, um, you know, Maverick visits uh, visits mm. their house and then Iceman's wife says, you know, oh, well, it's back. And, yeah. you know, so, okay. So, you know, the, so that's kind of how they're dealing with the, the throat cancer aspect of Alzheimer's, yeah. uh, you know, real life. And then they do some, um, you know, basically kind of texting, kind of face-to-face texting yeah. almost. Um, and then, yeah, there is, of course, the moment where they have, mm. they share some lines that they, uh, they, yeah, recreated through AI, somehow they okay. they got words that um, kind of like what they did with um, with Roger Ebert in Life oh, Itself yeah. that documentary, mm-hmm. where basically they had such a huge catalog of his spoken word from his his show, you know, from math movies and all of that. Mm. Uh, They're essentially able to 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 kind of build it back to up. So everything. anyway, all to say, I, I thought it was well done. It, it's a tough yeah. thing. It's a tough decision to say, mm. you know. Let's get him back, even knowing that we're going to have to really write this. You know, kind of write some things around it. But uh, yeah, it, it was a special moment. I would agree with you.
0: Yeah, I it, definitely, definitely. Um, and it also helps that, like, that also helps the Maverick character a lot because Tom Cruise is kind of he's he's very much a movie star. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like he doesn't really do much these days in terms of like an emotionally like driven character piece all that much. Like they do some mm-hmm. characterization in the the Mission Impossible movies and everything, but it's a lot of like like Tom Cruise running is is a stereotype for a reason. <laughs> um, right. And here, I think that they did a good job of of not not necessarily humanizing Maverick but making him a like giving him something that he sh- like showing that kind of uh anxiety of him putting young pilots into harm's way namely the struggle of him you know putting Rooster into a potentially deadly situation and how that does how yeah. that affects him and i think that that was done really really well um yeah
1: yeah that was one thing rewatching the original movie. You know, Tom Cruise was 24 at the time he had done Mm. cocktail. He had done, you know, a few movies. This was, you know, risky business. Like was a big movie too, but Mm -hmm. even Top Gun, you know, took him off to the next level. Yeah. Out of the stratosphere. Yeah. He was, I think about 24 at the time. And like, look, the signs that he would be a movie star are certainly in that movie. Yeah. The signs that he would be a great actor aren't right. <laughs> I'm just, like, yeah, like, look, it, it's, I mean, again, in the way that Top Gun is iconic, it's kind of an iconic role, mm-hmm. but like, especially that section that you mentioned where like he loses goose and he's kind of like lost his confidence. Yeah. That's just this, that's, a, that's like a chain of scenes where I'm just like, Oh man, like he, he had a way to go. And I mean, of course he's like, he has delivered great performances. I oh, would yeah. say he's definitely obviously a good actor now, oh, yeah. but I don't know that that was necessarily the case in the original top gun. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you. Yeah. I, it, it, you get, it, that's part of the fun, I think of this movie is to mm-hmm. see that not only, I mean, again, the signs that he would be a movie star, I think are definitely there, I mean, yeah. it's it's I mean, it's definitely kind of baked into to Top Gun, but it's a joy to watch him in this role, performing it better. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's kind of a oh, yeah. rare thing that you'll see that. I'm trying to think in how many other legacy, you know, legacy sequels. Maybe like Sylvester Stallone in the Creed movies. Oh I mean, yeah, because there's so much time, you could maybe argue that maybe he's giving a better performance as Rocky, even mm-hmm. though it's not, of course, the physical performance of the earlier ones, right? Are. Um, but it's almost like he's lived with the character for longer. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, that's a good, that's a good comparison like that. I, I didn't really think about that. Um, all that much, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the whole, the, first of all, the whole mission thing, like, it's like, it's like the, um, a new hope trench run on steroids and with surface air missiles and stuff. (laughs) Like, it's, it's insane. And and they do such a good job of explaining to us why it's insane in all of the different moving pieces. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I really loved that. And then the moment where, uh, where it's like, oh, oh, well, Maverick's going to do it. Um, like it felt like it felt kind of, and not, I'm not saying that this is the case or anything, but it just felt like it felt like Tom Cruise was like, well, I'm the star of the movie. So my character is going to do
1: this. <laughs> like, right. Like, obviously and faster. Yeah. He does yeah. it in 215. when at oh, that yeah. point they're supposed to do it in 230. Yeah. Uh, that, that is, that is like one of the, one of my favorite sequences mm-hmm. as well. When oh, like, yeah. you're, you know, they, they, again, and again, it's like, they do the work. They, they set up all of, you know, they, they tell you what needs to be done. You don't have to know anything about flying or planes. Right. Just have to know that G's are scary, and the mm-hmm. higher that that goes, the more it presses on your face, and you you're closer to passing out. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but they set all of that up, and so you understand how insane of a mission this is. Yeah, and then they say it can't be done in two thirty, and then you know it's you know watch me do it in two fifteen. Yeah. And so that's I mean, and just watching them whip around. I mean i I've seen some behind the scenes stuff on this really after the fact. Mm -hmm. And I still like it. I don't know that it would have been impressive. Had I seen it before the behind the scenes stuff beforehand afterward, like it's just, I I still like it's magic. Like it's movie magic. Like what they were able to do in terms of um, the amount of practical stuff that they were able to do Mm -hmm. with the actors actually going up there and in the planes and whatever other things that they did to make everything else look real Mm -hmm. I, it was seamless. Like I didn't think about it after that. i just, it was like certain movies are like that. And that's yep. like, that's the best CG where it's just like, I'm done caring anymore where yep. the lines are. I'm I'm done looking for those things. You know, you as, you know, stunt people or, you know, action choreography, whatever you have taken that. I mean, it, you know, it's suspension of disbelief. That's all it is oh, really. Absolutely. And it's a, You know, it's basically like they've kind of, earn their stripes and in, in terms of, you know, it's like, okay, yep. They, they did it. It's real. <laughs> oh, absolutely.
0: <laughs> you know? The there's, there's really, there's no line there. Like it, it's right. It's something that I, I couldn't even pick it. I didn't want to pick it apart or anything. And that's, I, it's such a great kind of uh nod to the movie. Really. Um, let's talk about Jennifer Conley for a second. Um, because they did not get, kelly uh, mcgillis mcgillis yeah. mcgillis yes um back they just kind of put in jennifer Conley as the as a as a former love interest of of maverick and yeah that that worked okay like i got the it gave us the cliff notes of their relationship i just felt like it was a little bit if there was a part of the movie that was kind of subpar for me i feel like there could have been a little bit more development there but how do you feel about that entire subplot
1: yeah i think it was fine i, I think mm. it served the movie fine i i think again that's kind of where you get into the legacy sequel stuff where it's like mm-hmm. well we're not going to stray too much from the original movie because yeah. you know the uh the take my breath away silhouette you know uh sex <laughs> yeah. scene which again and i don't want to belabor this point <laughs> In the original Top Gun. I mean, it's an iconic scene, whatever, you mm. know, and the silhouette and everything. Somehow it, I know this is a scene between a man and a woman and two straight people, and it's somehow still kind of gay. <laughs> I just don't understand how they did it. But regardless, putting yeah. all uh, put all the listen, um that there there's not really a, a scene quite that steamy in this one between mm-hmm. them. There is sort of there's a you know a romantic scene. Yeah. They kind of talk during a lot of it, yeah. which is very nice. Oh yeah. Um so I, I kind of actually like that detail where it's more, it's kind of in a way almost more mature sort mm-hmm. of like romance uh, between them in terms of, but, but yeah, in terms, I mean, we've kind of nothing, I don't say nothing, but I mean the setup of it and everything, the kind of old flame and, yeah. you know, her being that like the bar owner and that sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, it, it's stuff we've seen before. Oh, I, yeah. I thought it served the movie fine. I, I think, I think she does a good job with it. And I think they have good good chemistry as well, which is which is certainly important. Um, yeah. I think Kelly McGillis basically said she's like, I'm just like I don't certain people they didn't get back for Maverick. And I I think mm-hmm. I read a quote from her. She was like, I look my age, so oh, I don't want to be in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. Dunkers does not look his age. I mean <laughs> no. obviously no, no, playing no. shirtless football on it's the, the, the Power of Scientology. Other... <laughs> it certainly is. <laughs> uh so she's yeah, so she's not level clear or whatever. So she, she basically was like you Know, I think she was. I mean, she didn't say this, I'm putting words in her mouth, but she's mm. like, I don't really see myself in this universe anymore. Like, it doesn't uh, really make sense for, yeah. um, you know, so it, it I tracks. think, again, it, it serves the movie. There's kind of a cute sequence with this stuff with her daughter mm-hmm. where she kind of catches the two of them, sort of. The, I really I like the comic that. stuff there. It, yeah. it, it, it works. Oh, um, yeah. I think it's the kind of crowd pleasing stuff that you kind of put in a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was kind of take it, leave it for me, but I, I didn't yeah it didn't bother me either
0: yeah it certainly didn't take my breath away but uh it certainly held my hand i guess i don't know um (laughs)
1: but um and and lady gaga like i want to say like i mean you know a star is born she mm -hmm. wrote uh wrote co-wrote pretty much all of the the songs for that movie and i mean you know i've heard my wife sing um shallow on stage Mm -hmm. dozens of times now so we're 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 big fan of of that song big fans of that song and um always remember us this way and uh it's that's that's definitely a movie where you know i don't know to me i think she put more of I think she spent more time, a lot more time, on the music. I think it's enough to say. Yeah. What I think is, was, this was like, hey, Lady Gaga, want to write a song for us? It's a, yep. it's a major blockbuster, and she's like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I have some, sure. I have some like B material from my last album. You know, it's just, yeah. it, That's kind of the level that it was for me. I was, I was a little disappointed when I heard the single before the movie. Okay. Um, yeah. Knowing that they were probably gonna, you know, weave it into the, the score and those sort of things. But uh, yeah. So yeah, I was, I was kind of disappointed in that. I was talking with a friend and like. You know, I don't think there's really anything necessarily wrong with the score. I think it's pretty, no. quite frankly, like blockbuster. I believe it's the, the same. Um, I believe it's the same composer that uh, Lorne Balf. I don't know exactly how to say his name, mm. um, but he did Ambulance. Um, you oh, know, he, okay. He's done other, you know, other kind of like action movies. Mm-hmm. So again, like not slagging on the, the score by any means, yeah. but it's just like, it's more kind of, I was, I was talking with a friend and I was like, I wonder if someone like Ludwig Goranson or something oh, yeah. could like really tap into that, like eighties sort of like, Oh man, you know, like hair metal aesthetic and yeah. like just do something new with it.
0: Dang that. Yeah. I think he would have nailed it for sure. Just someone.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I, again, they got the Berlin stuff the best they could with Lady Gaga's song. Yeah. but I don't know. Hmm. They, they needed that. Like, Memorial Day barbecue butt <laughs> rock that we all put on ironically and then unironically, you know, like that's, Absolutely. that's, that's like, just like <laughs> some sort of ripper there. And that's, mm-hmm. that, that's, yeah. So, so yeah.
0: Yeah. I agree with you there. Um, as far as, and we can kind of wind down in the review and everything, but I want to talk about the mission itself and not only the mission, but like when, when Maverick goes down and then um when so the way that it the way that it goes maverick goes down he's attacked by a helicopter rooster saves him crashes and then the two of them like bicker and everything and then like that i was all for and everything and i like Hmm. i was thinking like i wonder how much longer this movie is like like this is (laughs) the movie's over yeah yeah and then like when they when they're looking at the at the airfield and they, they see the plane and I'm like, oh my god, they're gonna fly they're, they're gonna fly. it's like it's gonna be like maverick and goose like oh my god <laughs> like yeah, that just kind of just blew my mind a little bit. And I think that that's where smartly the movie really really takes all of the emotional like context into account. And mm-hmm. really reaches that kind of emotional crux in the dogfight moment with with them in the plane. And I just mm-hmm. even though like you know that Glenn Powell's gonna come and save the day because they're really telegraphing that so hard.
1: <laughs> right, right.
0: It still was an absolute just like you said, crowd pleaser moment. So how'd you feel about the the big climax of the movie?
1: They they foreshadow that with the with um with Hangman, I believe they say that you know, he has like a confirmed kill or something yeah. of like a, a MIG. So, they, so they, they kind of foreshadow that as well. Um, but yeah, it, it worked for me it, it, at a certain point. Yeah. I think I was so focused on the mission and like, you know, can they do it? Like the, uh, the, the, death star thing that you alluded to, which yeah. is, is absolutely a parallel there. You know, it's yeah. like, can they, can they, can they shoot the missiles into this tiny <laughs> hole yeah. once and then do it again? You yep. know, um, so, so I was, I was focused on, you know, are they really going to do that, you know, at a certain point. And then, yeah, you know, when Ma- Maverick gets shot down, you know, somehow he's going to have to get saved. Yeah. I did kind of keep going, but in a way that, yeah, I, I sort of. Yeah. Like I, I was, I wasn't really thinking about the next scene. I mean, that's mm. really the best thing you can say about kind yeah. of an action climax in the third act like that, that I was just kind of like, I know, <laughs> <Yep. laughs> you know, yep. um, but yeah, it, it, it worked for me, I think of course they set it up with rooster where somehow these guys are um going to be flying together and you know somehow they're they're going to have each other's backs and have to resolve their differences and and, yeah. and those sort of things um that they bombed the airfield that they have <laughs> to take off from is a it's just like an, another kind of mission impossible sort of obstacle absolutely uh, absolutely that was that was like all right. Well yep. you know, it doesn't really matter if they bombed it because they're gonna nope. have to take off. So Yeah. <laughs> uh
0: it's it's great. I I really I really love this movie.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean it's yeah. it's a lot of fun. And and I you know, we kinda mentioned mission, kind of said mission a number of times. Mm-hmm. Uh Christopher McQuarrie was one of the three credited writers on here. Yeah. So um he's the you know, he's the director of Mission Impossible Fallout and mm-hmm. Rogue Nation and he... And uh one of the Jack Reacher movies, I think anyway hmm. he he and Tom Cruise are sort of they're they're the ones that are almost kind of uh designing the action movie landscape it, as they see fit a- absolutely absolutely <laughs> um, so 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 that he is a co-writer on here, I think is mm-hmm. um it really kind of brings home how much they're kind of setting this up re- really like a, a mission impossible movie, but yeah with you know fighter jets and the team it, yep. it's still a top gun movie for sure oh absolutely um but it's just it's really tightening up the um the narrative obviously but it it's really set up like a real movie <laughs> quote, yep. quote, you know um yeah so yeah i dug all that
0: yeah well i think we've talked out top gun maverick any other kind of parting thoughts any like wrap up like what what uh anything else that we didn't get to in our top gun maverick review
1: i, I would say one other thing i might mention is i talked about the anonymity i'd refer to the anonymity of the the, the enemy oh, in the first yeah. movie i don't even remember they're in like Myanmar or something and i don't even remember like, like that whatever migs they were fighting with or whatever mm. um in this movie It's so funny how detailed they are about the mission, and yet they are (laughs) very, like, they very much dance around, like, where this is. Yep. (laughs) Um, I'm sure there's think pieces out there about, Mm -hmm. probably not even think pieces, probably tweets, about, you know, like, what this, you know, place really is or whatever. Mm -hmm. They set it up, like, like Russia. I mean, it's basically in sort of a permafrost sort of location. They Mm -hmm. talk about uranium enrichment, so... Yeah, yeah. kind of. it's like sort of a middle east russia siberia yep. kind of hybrid <laughs> um i think i didn't it didn't it didn't bother me i just thought it was funny i thought yeah. it was so funny the way they were like tap dancing around it oh yeah um but it didn't it didn't really matter because again no. there's so much other stuff going on in terms of the um the specifics of what they have to do in the air that yeah, you know, I just I thought that was just something that I noted that I was just like, wait, where is this again? Oh, wait, yeah. we're not supposed to know. Absolutely. <laughs> Someplace where they want to make money. <laughs> right. Where exactly. they want to make box office money. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: It reminds me. Did you ever did you ever watch 24?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 well, a little bit on and okay. off. There was there was a couple of seasons I watched all the way through. But yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: OK. Well, it reminds me in like starting in like season two when they did like the whole like um, Islamic terrorist attack kind of thing. Um, like the intel that they get, like there's a scene where like the president's being briefed, and uh, there are several scenes like this, and it's like, and uh, I th- we think the nukes come from, uh, are coming from, uh, from loyalists, and and then they hand him a file and open and say, these three countries. At that point, it's just like, okay, <laughs> all right, So I'll, This just says who's yeah. Becky, Becky, Becky's
1: yes. I don't know that that's. <laughs>
0: Exactly. They, you, knew, you could
1: have just said that out loud.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. yeah, I'm sure with that movie, too. Who? I mean, yeah, I mean, that came out at such a time, sort of like on the war or on terror. Oh, yeah. Like, oh. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Let's put it this way. I don't know the the actual like exact reasons mm-hmm. that the, the country that this mission takes place in. Yeah. Um, is why it's not explicitly revealed or whatever but but it's just one of those things like people like you and i are just we you can you can't help but notice it in the movie and it's right
0: (laughs) (laughs) and at the end of the day it doesn't matter it's not like it's not like something as important quote-unquote as like rocky four like that's the whole point of that is that uh this is kind of tertiary to that so um
1: yeah, so they uh, I would say did. just one other quick, yeah. I, maybe just one other quick thing. Oh, yeah. I don't know how much I should say about this, but like, sure. I, just on the tail of what you were saying about like mm-hmm. Russia, and, like, i like, I was thinking Cold War. That's why I'm just oh, to yeah. kind of connect these thoughts. Like Cold War. Like, how do I say this? I think people <laughs> are trying to uh, hmm, attach like political things to this movie when this movie mm. to me is pretty apolitical. Like, I don't know, like, maybe there's some subtext that I'm not reading that, Mm. and I'm sure there are people that could, I guess it's one of those things you could kind of if it, I guess there are things you, if you wanted to look for it, you know it's kind of there. But mm-hmm. I don't know. This isn't really like a very political m- movie, no. so I think maybe maybe people that you know either are seeing it for those reasons or aren't seeing it for certain reasons. Right. You know. That's all I'll say. Just being <laughs> coy about it. Like, sure. I don't really think this is a political movie. This is for no. you know people who want to watch planes go fast. Yeah. <laughs> and we can all agree on that. Exactly. <laughs> if we just
0: if we just agree that you know we want to see planes go fast maybe we can heal this country a little bit and that's
1: what tom cruise is saying exactly you know? You know, so, so i i i think i've danced around that as much as i can yeah. so yeah I'll, I'll I'll leave it there <laughs> nice
0: yeah i uh i didn't read anything political in it or anything but yeah uh if it's there sure whatever <laughs>
1: But, yeah, so... Th- I think people are... Yeah, I don't know, I'm going to leave it. I'm No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. well...
0: Uh, well, uh, yeah, that's our review of Top Gun Maverick, then. Um, should we move on to... We can be kind of brief on Watcher. Um, I'm kind of debating if we should even do a spoiler section for Watcher, or since it's such a kind of limited movie, should we just kind of leave it open-ended to non-spoiler? What do you think?
1: Um i mean i wouldn't mind talking about the ending so yeah i'd say probably but we can do i mean however you want to do it's your podcast okay (laughs) we can do maybe like a more abbreviated Mm -hmm. um spoiler section beforehand or or spoiler section or however you want to do it
0: okay Yeah. yeah let's do that so okay All right, so that's our review of Top Gun Maverick. Now we're going to uh, review Watcher, which um, it was at the 2022 Sundance Film Festival and also at 2022 South by Southwest. And uh, like I said, it will open theatrically in 500 theaters this weekend and uh, will then stream exclusively on Shudder August 26th. Um, I'm going to read a plot summary courtesy of IMDb uh okay i almost read the top gun maverick one so uh don't read that one again it's not good no (laughs) uh okay so watcher i'm just kind of discreetly bringing this up here okay uh watcher as a serial killer stalks the city julia a young actress who just moved to town with her husband notices a mysterious stranger watching her from across the street uh, Watcher stars Mika Monroe, who you may know from It Follows, uh, Carl Glusman in uh, Bern Gorman, and uh, directed by Chloe Okuno. Um, so this is um, this is an interesting movie. Um, <laughs> Brent, what did you think in kind of broad terms about about Watcher, and we can kind of discuss it a little bit.
1: I thought it was fine. This is basically a psychological thriller, uh sort of stalker, voyeuristic sort of movie. It's from the perspective of of Meka Monroe. So she is basically it's the sort of classic, you know, is there really someone stalking me? Yeah. Is there is it the killer that's, you know, on the streets of Bucharest where this takes mm-hmm. place? Or you know am i crazy you know basically that sort of um that sort of you know gamut that you sort of see in the in these thrillers and i I guess my problem with the movie is it doesn't really go too much deeper than that right and it, it to me it's it's sort of a movie that plays with that line in terms of you know what could be and what, you know, what isn't. And, you know, those sort of things, it kind of spins its wheels for a while Mm -hmm. and leads up to really like the last 15 minutes, which, you know, I'm not going to spoil here, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there is sort of resolution to the story, but I kind of look back on the whole experience and I was just like, well, it's like a sandwich. It's it's like like missing (laughs) the the meat in the sandwich. It's like, where's the, you know, it's like, uh, it's like a fire fest grilled cheese or something. I mean, it's just kind of like a slice of (laughs) cheese and then the lettuce and the tomato or like interesting ideas that are like potentially over here, but like, Mm. it's really just, uh, you know, so (laughs) that was like kind of my, my, my general overall take on it.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. I did appreciate the kind of atmosphere of the movie in the sense that we really get a pretty good, a pretty good sense of, her isolation because she's not from the country. She doesn't speak the language. Her husband is away on like with his business dealings and stuff. So she's pretty isolated. She's pretty insulated and alone. And so that kind of does double duty of creating the sense of creepy tone for the movie, as well as kind of, um, 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 a thankfully relatively subtle, kind of I guess gaslighting effect on her where Mm -hmm. it's you're not sure if what she's if she's imagining things if she's if she's really doing this but it doesn't go into like any supernatural stuff it's just is she misinterpreting things is she kind of just being kind of hysterical and that's sort of the that felt like it was sort of the thesis statement of the movie of like one way or the other we'll talk and and spoilers about it but like it was kind of the thesis of like okay well you know take take her seriously is kind of like the thesis statement of the movie which is nothing mm. wrong with that but it also just felt like by the end of the movie it just felt i think i think you describing that it was spinning its wheels is pitch perfect that's absolutely correct it it it's a slow burn that doesn't really seem to know exactly where it's going like it didn't land with with too big of an impact for me um Mm -hmm. so so that was kind of a shame and um yeah it it was it was just okay it it was very much kind of reminiscent of like rear window and um i just talked oh the conversation um Mm -hmm. yeah like just kind of and those are i mean it's hard to kind of um (laughs) Compare this movie to them because it's just it's such a completely different scale because those movies are right. incredible, but it just kind of dis- just didn't really seem to differentiate itself from its influences um, enough to leave a strong impression on me.
1: Um, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, yeah. Repulsion, the, you know, Polanski's, you know, movie of, you know, this woman being basically holed into holed up in an apartment and kind of having these, um, you know, people who may or may not be kind of after her, you know, Mm. and kind of what she does about that was, was definitely when I was thinking about during this movie, I've never seen Um, it. Lost in translation was one that I was thinking about early and often too, because um, while that's not a thriller or, you know, a a voyeuristic movie, that's a big part of this movie that they're in Romania. She doesn't Mm. speak language, as you mentioned. So it is that sort of like extra level of, insecurity and her not her not being able to have that sort of you know that social safety net of like oh well you know if i scream someone's gonna help me and they're they're gonna understand that like you know the context of the situation um so so lost in translation there's even a direct shot um one of the first shots in this movie that i don't know why exactly reminded me of it but um Hmm. I think it's close to the way Scarlett Johansson looks out a window uh, when she's in Japan oh, yeah. in Lost in Translation, mm-hmm. and Megan Monroe has that. It's the opening shot of this film mm-hmm. where she's kind of like, "Ooh, you know," I'm, get kind of like oh, doe-eyed yeah. and sort of like excited and everything. Um, so that's that's kind of, and we also have in this movie a husband seems like a relatively young marriage, new marriage, mm-hmm. and he he's there for work, and he's kind of playing the Giovanni Ribisi character uh, from, from Lost in Translation. So those two movies are the ones I was kind of thinking of the most, but again, yeah, it's just like, I don't know. Like you kind of want that. I agree. The, the, the atmosphere is there. I think there's, Mm -hmm. there's certain scenes that are, that are well shot. I think there's a certain kind of lurid look to this. It's almost Mm -hmm. like a little, it's like a little bit, euro trashy in some scenes there's yeah. a scene that takes place in a strip club mm-hmm. um and there's there's certain there's certain scenes that kind of get to that kind of like seedy underbelly like just something yeah. that, that almost like are going somewhere and then it's like no like that's not really going there yeah. just, again it's just that sort of thing where it's like i i don't know i mean quite quite frankly i mean it's something where I don't really know what Mica Monroe saw in this script, where she's like, yeah. "I gotta do this movie, right?" You know? <laughs> yeah, there's it, it, just not. It doesn't seem like there would really be enough on the page. Mm-hmm. I think. I think it's a better directed movie than it is written. I um, agree with that completely. But oh, it's just, yeah, yeah it's it, yeah. It, it, it's fine. Yeah, I, this was one that, um, Sundance the past few year couple years has been mm-hmm. has gone virtual. So so mm-hmm. I have taken advantage and try to see some stuff. And this was one nice. that I was like, like it didn't have like a ton of buzz, like around mm. Sundance. So I was like, eh, I'll see it whenever like someone will pick it up, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they did. So, <laughs> uh nice. you know, it's just one of those ones that didn't really make a splash out of Sundance, but mm-hmm. uh I think Shutter's a good home for it. I think this is a good, a good acquisition for them.
0: I think so too. In
1: sort of legitimizing their, their library. I mean, I will say, I mean, I don't, I don't want to dog on IFC or mm-hmm. Shutter or, or any of that. Well, it's really actually not IFC. It's more Shutter, but mm. uh yeah, I've watched the like more direct to Shutter stuff. Oh and, like, yeah, I will say like this is definitely a step above. Mm-hmm. Not not even necessarily in terms of budget, but like it, there is a craft to this that like right something like the Twin doesn't have, which I saw a <laughs> few weeks ago and was like just really, really not good, and like yeah. it, it just like. You get wow. what you pay for. Like I don't know what Shutter paid for for this movie for yeah. distribution rights, but I think if they can get even some kind of quote unquote like relatively higher profile movies on that platform, oh definitely. Um, I I think it'll help. I, I I wish this was better. I I think you feel the same way. <laughs>
0: yeah, I I I definitely do. It's interesting to view it in that in that kind of context of a, a Shutter acquisition because. Shudder is definitely... I I would say it's making a name for itself as the home for horror movies and shows. Like, I really like Mm -hmm. Creepshow Um, Mm -hmm. and and some of the stuff they've done. But there is a lot of... And maybe it's the genre itself, but there's a lot of direct-to-video or direct-to-on-demand garbage out there and everything. So this does stand out as maybe not... Maybe not prestige horror or elevated horror or what have you, but it is it is a more thoughtfully made horror or thriller um, that isn't... I agree with that, yeah. Yeah, it, is, it isn't kind of tailored to a, to a jump scare audience or anything. It's more meditative than that, um, which makes kind of the ending a little bit dissatisfying for me, which we can talk about... Uh, here in a moment. If you're ready to dive into spoilers, yeah, I'd um, say let
1: let's go for it because okay. there's and there's a lot in the ending that's worth it. So yeah. yeah,
0: all right, cool. Well, we are gonna go into spoilers for Watcher. So I'm gonna play a clip from the trailer, and then we're going going to go into spoilers for Watcher. So here we go.
1: Do you feel like coming in for a drink? Yeah. Have you noticed anyone watching you in your apartment? No. This guy has been watching us since we moved in.
0: Maybe he's staring at the woman who's staring at him. So, in spoilers for Watcher, um, the ending kind of comes very, very kind of quickly for me. And it kind of feels like, maybe not an afterthought, but it just feels very, Um, it feels like, check marking or check marks on a, on like a quota that they have to meet for this type of movie. Um, how did you feel about the end of, of Watcher?
1: I mean, I, I think by the time we got to the end, I was like, well, you know, there's basically only two things either, mm. you know, he's the, the uh, burn Gorman's character either is the serial killer, you know, and she's in deep crap and, mm. you know, hopefully she can, get out of whatever encounter they have inevitably, (laughs) uh, you know, alive there's that, or, you know, she's not necessarily crazy, but she's, you know, imagine this scenario and he really is just this neighbor who, you know, they had a series of run-ins and misunderstandings. Yeah. And then like, that's just like, that's, that's that's kind of a dud ending. And then I think if you do that ending, you really have to have, a message, mm-hmm. right? Like they kind of go for for ending a, which is that, you know, he is the serial killer. Mm-hmm. He cuts off uh, the neighbor's head yeah. and then, you know, you know, bag over make him in head, and, you know, blah 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 go from there.
0: yeah,
1: um you don't it's it's a, almost in a weird way. It's almost kind of a cop out because it's like, mm-hmm. okay, it just is the thing that you think, and then it's gonna kind of play out accordingly. Whereas like if it had been B, which is like, you know oh no she's she was just holed up and had all these you know y- y- again not not weird things but she she was you know understandably because she was isolated and mm-hmm. you know you know new new country new language all yeah. these sort of things she kind of invented the, this sort of story and stuff um if you go for that ending again you have to have more kind of character development and understanding of why she got there yeah and those sort of things, but it just doesn't do the work. So I guess I'm glad they didn't do that
0: either. Uh, Me too. And like, oftentimes with these kinds of movies, you have this, and this is kind of a double-edged sword because usually the main character has this thing where has something from their past that they'll, that they're kind of recovering from or what have you, which works in terms of characterization, but they don't have that here. Not that they needed it here, but also I kind of felt like okay I don't know anything about this woman. I know she used to be an actress and she stopped smoking a few months ago. That's it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's um, a great point. I I yeah. I thinking about it now. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I know like nothing about her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it just That's a problem.
0: Yeah, it kind of felt a little bit hollow to me, but then it would have been probably more of a more psychological thriller in that respect because it would be like, oh, it was she's haunted by her dead uncle or something that she had visions of or so like have a whole thing. But here we have, I think, I think the point of the, of the ending that just kind of solidified it for me was that the last shot where she looks over at her husband and has that, like, yeah, I fucking told you (laughs) look. And like, I, I enjoy that. I like it. I just don't think the movie, did enough to really hammer that point down all that much. And I say that having watched a movie where her neighbor's head gets cut off. <laughs> right. So I don't know. Yeah, that's,
1: yeah, I agree. I think that last shot is very much. an I told you so look, yeah, and it is almost, it's to her husband, you know, Francis, but you know, you could see it as a fourth wall break. Like, yeah. you know, I, I mean, you know, <laughs> you could unpack it and say it's mm-hmm. a believe all women yeah uh, thing, and I think given the past few days of whatever, <laughs> right, something that may or may not have been going on. I, mm. I think, I mean, if you, I think if you wanted to kind of tease that out, I guess there's there's a certain message there, but yeah, I don't know. I I mean, let's put it this way: by the by, that last shot, I was mm. like trying to find. Some, some kind of interesting oh, yeah. subtext and like a message. And that was like the best I could come up with that. Like, yeah. Oh, it's a, it's like a believe all women thing. And like, right. okay. Like, but it's like, you know, it's very, I don't know. It's like, that's like the best I could come up with. Yeah.
0: It's just, it's just hollow. It's a little hollow. Like I'd be yeah. all for that messaging and everything. I'd be sure. all for that that kind of theme, but it just felt like it needed something more to substantiate that or to really make it land a, a lot better, but it just didn't Yeah, really If that
1: is it. the messaging, I don't yeah. think it's earned. No, oh, no, like it's just not earned because it's, there's not, I don't want to say nothing, but there's really very little else in the movie that yeah. has, that really cares about that. No, absolutely. You know? Yeah. So
0: it's, it's just kind of a, I don't know. It's a little, it's a little lackluster. I did appreciate the, well, I was, I was tolerant of (laughs) the somewhat not subverting, but the, the, um, I don't know the the little tiny twist it does on the Chekhov's gun thing, where
1: hmm.
0: like you know, uh, like I'm like, okay, well she's gonna get the gun and kill him, and that's gonna be the big thing, and then he slices her throat, <laughs> and yeah. she's like bleeding out. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe not. Oh, but hey, but like yeah.
1: that's my pro So like, and that so we're talking like a lot conceptually about the ending, but like just like more, you know, substantively, like she get. I mean basically her phone goes off Francis hears Mm -hmm. it from across like so the killer knows that that the husband's gonna come next door Mm -hmm. in Irene's apartment you know and so yeah he cuts and I I don't know if your jugular is on the left or right he cut her on the the left whatever it was whichever one it was she bled a lot yeah oh yeah and and immediately and then is crawling you know to get the gun which is Mm -hmm. you know as we would suspect yeah so he basically just w- waits for her to bleed out he lies on the floor with her while i mean i i assumed that she was gonna die like i just assumed that that he was watching her final moments with her and just watching her bleed out mm-hmm. and so the way that it's shown is francis leave or i'm sorry yeah the, the killer leaves and then mm-hmm. francis sees him and it's like oh well he's obviously gonna like, try to stop him or whatever but before that can even happen yeah the the door uh flies open and make him in rose character julia uh yeah shoots the guy twice and uh i I just like look in terms of Mm -hmm. the ending or whatever like you know her her kind of having you know the final girl kind of winning or whatever uh you know, it, it, it's fine. But again, like, I can't really square that with what had happened the previous five minutes. Like, yeah. I, I do not think she would be strong enough to oh, no, not only definitely not. Like, like get to the drawer, get the gun, mm-hmm. make sure it had bullets. She's never shot a gun that we know of. Um, and then stand up you know, get there in time when he had, like when the door was open, it's like all this stuff. I mean, almost to the degree that it almost seemed like a fantasy sequence.
0: Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah. And another thing that I kind of, another kind of read that I had on the end, or I don't know if this was intentional or not, but that, and this also felt just very, if this was the intention, I felt like this is, this is unearned. But um, the moment where they're staring at each other as she's bleeding out and they're kind of like symmetrical, I kind of felt like, oh, they're the movie showing that they're both lonely people and they're both. Yeah, but there's a symmetry to them. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, that's that's fine. But it just didn't it didn't really it didn't land for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like this is like I would say we mentioned the voyeurs like Mm -hmm. the voyeurs, I would say, is almost like. I don't know that it would say like, I would say it's a better movie than this. I'd say like grade wise, they'd Mm. be about the same. Okay. But the voyeurs is is not a boring movie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think this is, this is a movie that is definitely dull in parts. That's a movie that is just so gonzo with the twists that it does. And just how uh, just pulpy and Mm -hmm. Adrian liney it is. And whatever. (laughs) I mean, like, it's not a boring movie. So I mean like honestly if you want the more ridiculous version of Watcher like mm-hmm. The Voyeurs on Prime is actually probably one comparatively if you want that kind of a movie um nice. you know I'm not going to tell you that uh you know it, this is this Watcher is way more staid and quiet you mm-hmm. know than than that movie but uh but anyway it's just uh it it's funny. <laughs> I was thinking about that movie too um while I was watching
0: this nice. so yeah, nice, so uh, Watcher opens theatrically June third. I don't think we really have much else to say about it. um yeah, uh, yeah, any parting thoughts on Watcher
1: yeah i mean i i I think I think the potentials there i i I think make him a fine actress, mm-hmm. and you know the kind of one, two punch of it follows in the guest. Yeah. I think it, I think honestly it's something where I don't know. This is a case where I think she deserves this better material. Like I think quite frankly, this might've been something where she was maybe settling and just yeah. like, I, I want to keep like kind of kind of grinding away mm-hmm. and, and doing some more work maybe within this genre. Yeah. And, uh, it's just kind of a bummer that especially when you're comparing those movies, yeah, it's just, oh, it just kind of fall short. So
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I hope the best for her. I I have really enjoyed everything I've seen her in, so hopefully this isn't too much of a downturn for her career or anything. And I I I really hope that this means more uh maybe not risky ventures for Shudder, but i hope that i hope that it kind of um helps Shudder kind of break out a little bit more even if the movie itself isn't all that great it's still a pretty unique movie in in shutter's uh kind of canon so so that that's that's a plus for it i guess
1: um, yeah i would say um i am looking this up right now but there mm-hmm. was another film that debuted at sundance called resurrection i believe it's called resurrection it's the one that okay. rebecca hall is in, oh, nice. and I'm looking to see now if Shutter picked that up. I feel like, oh, okay, so IFC picked this up, but that probably means yes. So Shutter, so that movie will be on, um, will be on Shutter as well. And I have not seen that to be to clarify. Okay, but that that is one just based on the the buzz that I've heard. That is enough. That is a psychological thriller mm-hmm. that is not like, you know, the, you know schlocky whatever yeah. just low budget like crap quite frankly like, it, it's nice. again I haven't seen it but Rebecca Hall and uh, I, I believe Tim are in it but it's oh, it's nice. like okay it's that sort of I don't want to use the term elevated horror but it's sure. it, it is sort of <laughs> I think austere is maybe the word I would use where it's it's mm-hmm. more refined than what you I think you would typically get sure um, again only be I can't say because I I didn't get to see that one I was actually mm-hmm. really interested in seeing that one out of Sundance but uh regardless nice. I yeah I agree with you I hope shutter maybe starts to move towards the uh well or maybe just away from the like kind of pumping up thing that yeah. Netflix is really finding didn- isn't exactly <laughs> you know oh yeah <laughs> so because yeah that's that's all their conversation <laughs> yeah
0: oh i agree um all right well we can wind down uh that's watcher like i said theaters shutter all that stuff um Brent, thank you so much for joining me. Um, of course. Usually we end with a potpourri section, but we're running a little bit long, and I don't really want to keep you too long. But if you would mind recommending like one movie that has come out this year that you want people to see, uh, what what is like the top spot for you right now?
1: You know, I'm an ambulance, you know, <laughs> champ all the way home. <laughs> nice. That is streaming on Peacock, and mm-hmm. I mean, look, I mean, I would say especially if you have like a good. Sound system, mm-hmm. like I don't. It, this is this is a Michael Bay movie. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't. It's just such a weird thing. Like, it is a very strange position that I'm in, where I'm unironically not only <laughs> recommending a Michael Bay movie, but saying that it's the the best of the year so far. Um, nice. I, you know, I I I don't know. I mm-hmm. don't know what to say. Uh, but nice. it it just works. <laughs> so <laughs> that is streaming on Peacock. Uh, I believe it's nice. rentable for like a reasonable price um uh, other than that yeah i mean i'm just looking at my list now it's kind of the usual suspects i, mm. I will put a word in for for fire of love this is a documentary that's going to be on nat geo i believe next month so okay. that means it'll probably be on disney plus or something i i don't know exactly how it's all going to pan out it might mm. be on Who, i guess because they're okay i think it would be disney plus but yeah it'll be under that umbrella somewhere because mm. it's nat geo um yeah. But this was a documentary that, that premiered at Sundance that I got to see. Nice. And uh, it's, yeah, it's kind of a love story with volcanoes. I had mentioned, I had oh. pitched it on Letterboxd what if Agnes Varda uh, um, directed the Lava short, that Pixar oh, short. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's like, you don't have to really be interested in volcanoes or mm. French people to- watch i mean it's just it, it's kind of fascinating miranda july narrates it okay. and it's just this sort of like it's almost like a quirky love story uh told through these
0: adventures
1: this pair of married adventures and um nice. i like that it's going to be hopefully like accessible relatively soon mm-hmm. i think it's just one of those documentaries that i think people might throw on and Nice. And just really be taken with. So that's that's Fire of Love. And I, I love. they're literally at the trailer for it. It just came out like a day or two ago. Okay. Um. So I think Sweet. it's going to be sometime in July.
0: Nice. I will keep my eye out on that. All right. Cool. Well, thank you again for joining me. And why don't you go ahead and uh, tell people where they can find you on the internets and find your work and everything. And uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah, the best way Still is yeah, just com. That's where you can read all of my uh weekly reviews that run in WhatsApp. They're also posted there. Um, I'm on Facebook, that is awake in the dark reviews. Twitter is AITD Reviews, and uh, I'm on letterboxd it's uh awake in the dark. So nice. That that should be all the places. Awesome.
0: oh my voice just cracked it so terribly just then. Awesome. Uh, well, thanks again, man, for joining me. And uh, and yeah, I, I will let you go get your ice cream. And um,
1: yeah, yeah. It's- Zesto closes in yeah like twenty minutes. Nice. <laughs> Zesto is a big thing here in Fort. Uh, not Fort Wayne. Never no. Northeast. Northeast. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well thanks again, man. And uh thank you guys for listening. Don't know what we're doing next time, but uh thank you guys and uh we'll see you in the next episode.
1: See ya. Yeah.
0: And now here's a short clip from our Patreon exclusive RSS feed. To hear the full clip and more exclusive Patreon content, go to patreon.com slash obsessive viewer and become a patron at the minimum rate of one dollar per month thank you and enjoy let's see so so yeah and then there's some ch- changes around hawkins most notably well, not most notably but there's several things that are notable um what the kind of head cheerleader um character archetype person who i think this is her only her only appearance her only episode so it's an interesting introduction she is being kind of haunted by monsters from the upside down. And we don't know the extent of it. We don't know what the deal is. We don't know exactly what it is, but she is being hunted or was because she is murdered, um, horrifically, (laughs) um, in this, in this episode. So yeah, so we've got that going on. We've got, um, the group, the main group, um, you know, doing D and D, while Lucas has joined the basketball team and wants to be kind of part of the popular crowd, and there's this whole conflict of, um, if he is going to be at the game or play, the final stage of their friends' uh campaign, uh, for D and D, um, yeah, and and it's also you know he wants them to be at the game so that they can you know support him and be in the quote unquote cool group, um, and everything. It's a, it's a really interesting kind of. Uh, storyline for for the show to explore because it's you know it's it's that old freaks and geeks thing it's that old um you know popularity and image personal image in high school um that i think is just really really solid storytelling in general um whenever it pops up and everything um it's something that i really like because it's something that's in my experience, it's pretty relatable. Um, it's a relatable kind of storyline or story structure and everything. Um, and I like it. I enjoy it. So
1: I like seeing that. This podcast was edited and produced by Matt Hurt and presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. You can find links to all of our shows at ObsessiveViewer.com slash podcasts. For exclusive bonus content, including reviews, commentaries, and B-roll episodes, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.